Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist. With Dr. Stewart's broad medical knowledge, we will discuss how he helps his patients with issues such as ADD, migraines, hormones, dizziness, sleep, fatigue, methylation, autism, and genetic mutations. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and I invite you to sit back, grab your cup of coffee or favorite beverage, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. We are so happy to have you this week with us. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and the man of the hour here with me is Dr. Kendall Stewart. How are you? I'm doing great, Kara. Have you had your coffee today? I have. You have? You feel energized, ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. Just want to make sure. The show is Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I understand. You know that's very dear to me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm not supposed to talk to you before you've had a cup of coffee. I do know that from growing up with you. Well, you know what? We are going to talk about a very hot medical topic today. May not be hot to a ton of people, but it is it is a very hot topic to a lot of the the professionals out there. It's a term called methylation. Um, it's something that Dr. Stewart has been preaching for the last 10 years. You know, he kind of figured out this was a, a cornerstone of health that is an important part of our body. Methylation is he's going to go over is responsible for over 250 biochemical processes in the body. And if you don't know what it is, you really need to know what it is. So last week we talked about neuromine syndromes, Dr. Stewart. Okay. Just give us a quick recap on on what those are and, and, and name a few of those. Yeah, so neuroimmune syndromes are basically syndromes that affect either the nervous system or immune system. And because doctors, in essence, didn't know what the cause of the problem was with the nervous system and immune system, they name it by its symptom. Okay. So basically, those type of uh, processes that only represent symptoms but involve the nervous system and immune system are considered neuroimmune syndrome. That's migraines, dizziness, vertigo, imbalance, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, dementia, autism, ADD. ADHD, anxiety, those uh, also lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, those are kind of examples of neuroimmune syndromes where you have a functional foundation problem with both the nervous system and immune system. It's a symptom. Well, the reason it's a symptom is because we don't know what the problem was, meaning that we want to get to the problem. And if we overcome the abnormality and fix the nervous system and immune system and allow it to function properly, then the symptom goes away. Ah, And that's what we're all looking for. Because what really pharmaceutical-type medicine is aimed at is really just covering up the symptom. People love to have instant gratification. I do, too. And if you've got pain or chronic pain, you want something to help to control the pain. But the problem is we can use those symptomatic medicines, but if we don't go down and we don't fix the underlying problem, then we're going to run into even more problems or a progression in the problem, which becomes um, life-altering. That was very dear to my heart, just because of some of the syndromes you mentioned. So this gets us down to methylation. Sure. Because I think that's kind of the core of your practice, just to start with. It's the core of functional biochemistry uh, systems. Okay. Meaning that the body requires methylation to function properly for it to function properly. It's a pathway in the body. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, It's a really complex concept if you don't speak biochemistry to understand totally, but it really is fairly simple when it comes down to understanding it. Okay. Now, what's involved in methylation that I like to tell people is the easiest examples of where methylation helps us is with B vitamins. So 
B12 and folic acid, as you know, are important to every cell in the body. Those are necessary elements to make a cell function right. The problem is B12 and folic acid are water-soluble vitamins, which means they dissolve in water. Well, in that form, there are many cells, i.e. the nervous system, the immune system, that essentially operate more in a fatty environment They're covered in fat. Well, they typically are. The cell membranes are fat. The nerves are covered in fat. And so they actually have different receptors on them that cannot absorb folic acid and B12. We have to convert it through a a process called methylation into a unique form called methylated forms in order for it to be utilized in the uh, systems. So uh, nervous system, uh, immune cells, mitochondria, which are the batteries of your cells, require these methylated forms in order to function properly. Now... The unique aspect that has changed the whole perspective of medicine, I believe, over the last decade was the Human Genome Project. The concept of the Human Genome Project was to essentially identify the entire sequence of the human genome. And by doing that, what we were able to do is to ascertain what we call et SNPs, or single nucleotide polymorphisms, and they're called Big SNPs. word there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why we call them SNPs. Now, SNPs, basically, people have genetic fingerprints, which means you, even being my sister, and me being your brother, we have a little bit different genetic fingerprint, even though we had common parents. And basically, the inheritance that we get for different functions of enzymes, protein building, etc., is determined by almost the luck of the draw with our parents coming together, which means My mom mom had a unique set of genetic fingerprints. My dad had another unique set, and they had two sets each. And so by putting them together, you can inherit something completely different than I can. Now, in methylation, we have about, right now, about 70 different genes that we've identified that can be functionally different from person to person. And they essentially code for different enzymes, meaning the most important one that people know about is called the MTHFR. Okay. Now, that stands for methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. So we typically use, you know, little acronyms for them because it's just, if you don't speak biochemistry, it's like gobbledygook. Yeah. Okay. And so MTHFR is the enzyme that's responsible for converting folic acid in a cell to methyl tetrahydrofolate, which is the form that can be used in the nervous system and immune system. That's the methylated form. That's the methylated form. Now, there are all kinds of other genes, and it can get very confusing. But basically, methyl tetrahydrofolate, for instance, is used for 250 different biochemical reactions in the body. What we've learned is that there are two particular abnormalities or differences in those genes of the MTHFR that can create a problem. One's called the 1298AC, the other one's called a C677C, excuse me, T. And the 677 is much more severe than the 1298. And basically by having unique sets of those abnormalities, you can have a 10% all the way to an 80% reduction in the ability to convert folic acid to the methylated form. And when you say abnormalities, you're talking about mutations. Mutations. Okay, because yeah, a lot of people out there are wanting their genetic makeup Well, I would say ab- abnormalities are these- actually poor functionality would be a great way to put it. Okay. It means it's not the proper type. It's genetically different. I work for neurobiologics, and mm-hmm. I have people coming into our office or calling hey, I just got my blood work back or Mm -hmm. my genetic test and I've got the C677. What do I do? Right. Well, what does that tell them if they they have one copy or two copies of this mutation? Well, two copies of the mutation make things worse. 
Okay. One copy of the mutation makes it abnormal but not as bad. But it always depends on what the mutation is. So, for instance, in the MTHFR, there's uh, 11 other mutations that, that we know of that don't do anything different. And so it really has to do with not just knowing what it is and thinking everything's important. You have to understand the biochemistry. You have to dig deep. You have to study And this all goes back to methylation. It all goes back to methylation. Now, if we don't have methyl tetrahydrofolate in enough quantity, I tell people and I teach doctors all the time, there are basically six to seven major changes that happen to the body that are not going to sit well with us. Okay? okay. The first is we use a derivative of that to make dopamine and serotonin. And, you know, dopamine is the neurotransmitter that controls short-term memory, concentration, focus, organizational skills, eye tracking, eye movement, eye focusing, sleep patterns, mood stability, fine motor skill. (laughs) Okay. Well, it helps you process hormonal regulation, bowel motility. It just keeps going down the list. It's a very important. Extremely important. But also serotonin. Now, serotonin, as you know, is the one that typically is associated with anxiety and depression. And so if you really don't have enough methyl tetrahydrofolate, In situations of great need, you are more prone to get into depression, processing problems, and... The neuroimmune syndrome. One of the neuroimmune syndromes. Now, we also use methyl tetrahydrofolate for mitochondrial energy, how much energy the cell has. We use it for how the membranes of the cell works, especially in immune cells. That's important. If the immune cells don't work well, you can get pretty ill. Okay. Okay. We also use it for cleaning Uh, toxins out of our system, in particular the production of what's called glutathione, which is the chemical cleanser of our body. We use it for steroidogenesis, which means how we make our steroid hormones. Okay. Then we use it for other uh, various elements in the cell, but those are the major ones. Now, where does B12 come into play with this? Well, B12 is not as severely affected in most people as the methylated conversion of folic acid, but they tend to work together. They're cofactors. They're cofactors. You know, it's basically like peas and carrots. They tend to be together if you're going to have them together. And so methylation is basically just the process chemically of changing a vitamin or a substrate. But the ones that really hold the most validity for abnormal functionality is really the methylated production of folic acid and B12 in their methyl forms. Yeah, because I've heard you talk before about those two have to coincide with each other to kind of be successful absolutely it's kind i tell people because they really don't a lot of times understand this these are pretty complex biochemical processes and what you got to also understand is that god makes recipes So, so people are so used to saying oh i'm missing one vitamin well that's not the way it works you know i tell people methyl tetrahydrofolate is like sugar how many recipes can you make with sugar alone yeah none yeah <laughs> no but none but you can make a whole lot of them what's important to god oh i thought you meant I with put, sugar alone no. i was like you can't make anything well, but you, what you do is you put it with other things to make it function right so that's okay. kind of how god works and okay. his, his perfect design and so my job is to make sure i understand all the chemistry to ad- address overcoming these deficits that people have done and by putting back into the body what essentially is missing we are then setting the body up to heal by the perfect design that he created yeah i, I always like that you know what what the body is missing we need to put back in. So when we come back from break, you've created a few formulas for neurobiologics Mm -hmm. that target methylation. And they're, it's very interesting to me. And I have seen, I guess now thousands of people since you created our first product five years ago, Mm -hmm. um, that changed their lives. 
So we'll be right back on Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Have you recently heard the medical term methylation? Do you know what it could mean to you or your family's health? Methylation is responsible for over 250 processes in the body and without proper methylation, this could mean the difference between a healthy life or a life of not feeling well. At Neurobiologics, our core mission is to help people understand what methylation means to them and create products to support the methylation process. If you or someone you know has issues with memory, mood, fatigue, headaches, stomach issues, recovery from exercise, then take a few moments to visit our website, neurobiologics.com. View our videos by leading physicians on methylation and what nutritional formulas may be right for you. Overcoming a methylation deficiency may not happen quickly, but it can be done. Neurobiologics, pharmaceutical-grade nutrition created by experts. Welcome back, everybody. I am Kara Stewart-Mullins here on Coffee with Dr. Stewart, and I have the Dr. Stewart here with me today. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right. Well, you know, right before the break, we were talking, the show today is about methylation, and he's gone into an extensive explanation um, about what methylation is. But we were leading into the nutrition part of methylation. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked about folic acid and you talked about B12. Well, neurobiologics, you're the lead formulator and you created a cream. You started actually compounding it, getting it made at the pharmacy right. about six years ago. And then we we brought it into neurobiologics so that everybody could have access to it. Mm-hmm. And that cream is a technically a methylation cream. It's got all the appropriate ingredients to support the methylation pathway so that these people can start to recover. Is that correct? Yeah. What, what really happened was kind of fortuitous. Basically... Um well, several years ago, my wife asked me to bake a birthday cake for my daughter. So I walked to the pantry. I pulled out a cake mix. I dumped it in a bowl, put an egg in it and some milk and stirred it up. And I realized right then that when you're dealing with supplements, uh, the important part is actually to have all the right ones that belong together with the right ratios. Gotcha. Just like a cake mix. So it's way easier to make a cake from a box than from scratch. And what I realized, the downfall in almost all of supplementation from a perspective of the patient was that patients don't speak biochemistry. And mm-hmm. actually, a lot of doctors don't speak biochemistry. And the problem is, if you leave out some key ingredients, uh, the cake doesn't taste too good. And so basically, I realized that we really needed to provide that ability for the patient. And so the whole focus that we still have in neurobiologics um, and in the design that we do for those products is to make sure that we not only bring the right biochemical elements from nutrition together, but we get them in the right ratios, that we test the validity of the product, meaning that we get the outcomes that we're looking for Mm -hmm. and that we tweak the formulas uh, as we see necessary from outcomes in order to make the best product we can. That also tends to make it much more affordable, patients much more consistent. I mean, yeah, that's that's the number one thing. You know, thank you for not having me buy eight bottles today when they could buy two, you know, and that's with everything. You know, you want that perfect pair of black shoes that goes with six outfits. You know, that's the way I look at it from a female perspective. Sure. 
You know, I want something that's going to be cost efficient, but I want something that's going to work. So the cream that you design, the Neuramine Stabilizer mm-hmm. Cream, that's our methylation support cream. Right. And so that's the foundation because those vitamins are so important in healing. And everybody knows this from a perspective of pregnancy. If you have a woman who's pregnant, she takes a prenatal vitamin with lots of folic acid because it's been known for 50 to 60 years that if a woman does not have enough folic acid in her diet, the baby's brain cannot develop properly. Mm-hmm. In fact, you get spina bifida. You can actually get what's called anencephaly, where the baby's brain doesn't develop at all. Oh, wow. So folic acid is extremely important to not only the development of a baby's brain, but also the healing and recovery of any type of insult that the nervous system can get into. But that mother has to convert it. The mother has to convert it. That's proper. You know, That's that exactly right. there was a big story out on Fox News that if you have a prenatal vitamin with folic acid, you mm-hmm. need to not take it anymore and find folinic acid at well, least that's, that's the that's the chemistry and what we're learning because of the mthfr deficiency that probably in our texas society probably 50 percent of patients have problems with that conversion now, yeah. that won't represent the severe form that's probably only 13 percent, but it does represent some change or some deficiency in the production capability of the con- the methylated form of folic acid. yeah and they talk about just with aging how the methylation pathway can well, can decline. We talk about genetics all the time. I haven't even gotten into that's a whole other show. The chemical, <laughs> the chemical interruptions and all the other environmental co- causes. It gets ridiculous. Yeah. And really, frankly, it gets overwhelming. You know, what I really want people to understand is that there has to be a paradigm shift in how we think about medicine as a whole. I mean, we're we're really designed as physicians to heal. That's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you that we've gotten away because of our maybe our poor knowledge base. We just didn't have the information. We didn't have the understanding that we have gotten away to really treating symptoms and forgetting about the healing. But now that we are starting to understand the abnormalities in genetics, the abnormalities in acquired conditions, the chemical interrupters, many of these things, we actually have learned that if we just put back in, the body's design as a whole is beautiful and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And typically, we've learned that the reason things deteriorate or get involved or continue to, to worsen is because we're missing something as a foundational element in the recovery. So if we put that back in, it doesn't mean we can't use the symptom drugs, but it means that we need to put something back in in order for the body to function the way it's supposed to. You know, I have people call the office at Neurobiologics. They're always saying, well, I'm taking a, a folinic acid product or I'm taking a B12 product, but I don't really feel any different, but they're not right. taking both or they're right. not taking the proper form. Or the proper amount. Yeah. So okay. you've kind of taken out the guesswork and, well, and you just recently developed a methylated sublingual for us. Mm-hmm. And what was your thought process behind that? Because, you know, we have the cream that's Well, the problem with methylated vitamins, you know, it's kind of a concept of why would God have us absorb folic acid and then convert it internally? Well, there is an inherent problem with the gut and the liver with orally Can't break taking it down. in methylated forms. So it tends to remove a lot of it. So it's not Ah. as effective. So if we go to a transdermal or an injection or a sublingual, we get a more effective intake of those vitamins. What I really want you to understand about methylation, don't get so caught up in it. You can get lost in the biochemistry really quick. But what I tell my patients is I really want you to understand that if I look at the parking lot, in every parking lot, there's pickup trucks, there's SUVs, there's cars, there's sports cars, there's economy cars. All those vehicles have different functions, but Mm -hmm. they all require gas. And the methylated vitamins are the gas. And methylated vitamins 
are one part of the gasoline component of those. So I tell people methyl tetrahydrofolate is like gasoline, methyl B12 is like oil. And you got to have both to run the car. Both to run the car. And that unfortunately is the case because that's the way it's designed. So if we don't have any gasoline, then half the cars don't run or none of the cars run. And I've seen amazing things happen. You know, you're known as an autism expert. What I will tell you is that I don't treat autism properly. What I do is I treat the underlying nervous system conditions and sensory problems, and the autism winds up getting better. Gotcha. You understand? I make sure that I get the right forms of folic acid into a a woman who may be pre-pregnant or pregnant. And those are usually patients who saw me before they got pregnant. But we have to have the right forms. I I know quite a few of your patients who were having a hard time getting pregnant and their hormones were that of like an 80-year-old woman, you you know, know, by the blood work. And you got them, you know, straightened out hormonally and they were able to get pregnant. And that to me was pretty amazing. The problem is, is that... The MTHFR was discovered a long time ago, I mean, probably early 90s. And everybody just thought it was a cardiac monitor issue, mm-hmm. you know, a, a problem that would create clotting in the, the body and stuff like that. But when you really get down to the biochemistry, it's a much bigger animal. And so if you speak the biochemistry, you realize it affects a lot of things. And now what's happening is that this is very typical for my practice is that I seem out of the box, but then eventually the box catches up and I'm back in the box. And so what we're seeing now, for instance, in pregnancy is a lot of the MTHFR abnormalities being tied to pregnancy complications, miscarriage, ah. and all those other things. So in essence, I wasn't treating the fertility in those patients. What I was really treating was the biochemical abnormality. Well, they had migraines or they sure. had chronic fatigue. And by putting that back in, they were able to carry their pregnancy or get pregnant from in vitro or et cetera, et cetera. The only reason I say that is because you treated a couple of my friends and that happened. (laughs) And they could never have been happier in their entire lives. I am by no stretch of the imagination a fertility doctor. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, you, you know, you used to be Uh, called the autism expert but then now there's just so many different things that you treat you know and you don't even like the word autism because you Mm -hmm. feel like it puts those kids in a box and you know that's a whole nother show that we're going to cover but that's just one piece of the puzzle when you're talking about the whole family as a whole well what everybody's got to understand is that doctors tend to be territorial and they like to treat what they know and feel comfortable with but biochemistry is the same for all of those disorders. And so really, I take care of people get to me because they have certain things, but really the way that we go about healing them is in a lot of ways the same because the biochemical uh, inefficiencies that were there, if we just overcome them, they wind up healing themselves. So I don't heal anybody. Yeah, God does all the healing. You're just putting back in what was missing. I'm just putting back in what was missing. And so people will love to label me as being this kind of doctor, that kind of doctor. No, I'm a biochemical health doctor is what I really I like that term. Okay. I'm on a t-shirt that says, I'm going to put back in the body what was missing and get it for you. (laughs) And so that's what I hope the doctor of the future will be because... So that way they could treat so many different types of patients. Sure. And all doctors can do this. I mean, people who need family practice doctors need to know this. And you've trained quite a few of them. Sure. You need to get this from your pediatrician 
Yeah. Those are the doctors who see these people all the time. So my hope is that, that this will pervade now the medical world to where it doesn't have to get to me after many years and is already taken care of up front. Yeah, I remember when I worked back in your clinic, you know, the average amount of doctors a patient of yours would see was nine before yeah. they got to you. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy that they had right. to waste all that time. Well, and, you know, the sad part is I have 6,000 patients from outside of Texas in the wow. United States. And so... I know you have some out-of-the-country patients, yeah, a lot a, of those. A lot of them for Europe. It, it makes me very sad, to be honest with you, that those people, even though God's blessed me with that, it makes me very sad that those people have to travel that far All that way. to get some rep- recognition for their abnormalities. You know, one thing I forgot to mention is Dr. Stewart and I, being, us being siblings, is a lot of the stuff that he does now is, is because of some issues that had happened in our own family. Mm-hmm. Being poor methylators, being Scottish descent, he talks a lot about Northern European descent having severe methylation deficiencies and, you know, depression in our family, cancer, uh, anxiety, vertigo. Um, a lot of the neuroimmune syndromes has plagued our family for many, many years. And I wish you were around as a doctor, yeah. <laughs> you know, 30 years ago, and sure. you probably could have saved a lot of our family members. Well, and, but it didn't necessarily mean that we had the knowledge. Yeah. The whole idea is that to be a good doctor, and I don't mean to perseverate here, but to be a good doctor, you have to always be open-minded and ready to take the next step. And you have to discover it yourself. You know, I realized this a long time ago. I had a, when I was in training, I started, as I was getting toward the end, I started asking some very hard questions of my mentors. And I had a 72-year-old a very experienced neurotologist from Memphis, and I'll never forget him. And after I asked a question and nobody had an answer, he pulled me aside and he said, Kendall, you don't understand. He goes, it's your turn now to go out and answer that question and come Ah. back and tell us. And so that stuck with me. Well, and here we are with this show. And so it's just something that, I mean, it's delightful to see people get well who haven't been well, to see uh, children develop normally who haven't been developing normally, to see that the beauty of the system that God has designed Mm -hmm. is wonderful. And it's very rewarding. That's pretty much why I do it. No, I know. I can see when you talk about your patients that the happiness that's on your face. And then there's some sadness, of course, you know, because some of them are, are... trying to do what they're supposed to be doing with your protocol but people stray at times and well they stray and sometimes we don't have all the answers but exactly we'll keep looking there you go i like that thank you again for joining us for this episode of coffee with dr stewart i thank you dr stewart that was a delighted i I enjoy talking to you you know that and you know each week from this point forward since we've got down to the basics we are going to be talking about a different neuroimmune syndrome. So next week, I hope you join us. We're going to be talking about ADD and ADHD and Dr. Stewart's perspective on that and uh, what maybe we can do to, to help someone you know with that, with that type of syndrome. I'm Kara Mullins, and we hope you have a wonderful and blessed day. The views expressed by show hosts or their guests are their own and shall not be construed in any way as advice in place of your own medical practitioners. We encourage you to seek professional advice or care for any problem which you may have.